second to decide whether or not we were recording and i was like we have this new <laughs> system so we are recording oh perfect welcome to devil's food we're a podcast where we talk about true crime and, and all the things and the spooky stuff the spookies and the cryptids and scandals dun, dun, dun. all the things Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. This is Casey's Wednesday. And today I have brought to you a murderer. I never would have thought. <laughs> a murderer. Murderer. <laughs> what murderer are we talking about today? Today we got Robert Christian Hansen, who's also known as the Butcher Baker. Okay. Which I hate that name for him. I just don't like how it flows. Yeah. And honestly, like, the whole thing is, like, we get that he he's a, he's a murderer. Of course he's a butcher. But, like, the baker, like, we're going to mention that he's a baker once. Yeah. I've heard of this case before. In the baking part, like, of all the names that they could have come up with, it doesn't match up with what he did <laughs> at oh, all. Absolutely not. Whatever reporter gave him this name, because it's always, like, a reporter that starts these things immediate demotion <laughs> do better next time ah i just had to google it because this uh because the butcher baker he takes a lot of his inspiration from this russian novel called the most dangerous game i can see that i don't know the book but it sounds about right yeah it's um about a russian guy who gets tired of hunting for sport and starts hunting hunting humans and that's a sneak peek in today's episode, yes, folks. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Ugh. Robert Christian Hansen was born in Esterville, Iowa on February 15th, 1939 to Edna Hansen and Christian Hansen, who owned a little bakery. I do love a bakery. You love a good little bakery. Growing up, Robert was shy and had a stutter and severe acne that left, left him physically scarred. Because of this, he didn't obtain the attention from the attractive girls in school. So he ended up hating them and cultivating fantasies of revenge. Hate that. But I haven't seen him recently, but I feel like when I saw him before, I'm, it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was like deformed. Yeah, no, he just had bad acne scars. It, for for the time, they didn't have Accutane back then. <laughs> so they didn't have uh, proactive. Proactive. That was the commercials yeah. of all of them. Like, in the pictures, he doesn't look that bad. He's not an unattractive man, but he's also not an attractive man. He's not, like, overly attractive. I feel like he would be the very mediocre white man hipster of today. Oh, absolutely. Because he has, like, very big glasses that have that mm -hmm. look. Well, that was the look to have back in this time. I see it. Yeah, I see it. So, throughout his childhood, Robert was described as being quiet and a loner. He found solace in both hunting and archery. In 1957, Robert enlisted in the United States Army Reserve and served one year before being discharged. He later worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Pocahontas, Iowa, um, and he did end up marrying a woman much younger than him in 1960. I couldn't find anything about the woman that he married in 1960, but she was much younger than Good him. Good for her, for not being wrapped up in this. Right. 
she she knew how to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the marriage didn't even last a year because she divorced him after he was convicted of burning down a bus garage. And he burned down the bus garage as a revenge plot for his unpopularity while he was in high school. So he waited some time after he got out of high school. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get revenge. Now's the time. Now's When the everyone time. has forgotten about me in high school. Absolutely. Now, I would also divorce him. Can't say I blame her. So he served 20 months of a three-year prison sentence. Um, so he didn't really do a lot of time. No. That's slap on the wrist at best. Oh, absolutely. During his time in the Amosa State Penitentiary, he was diagnosed with manic depression and periodic schizophrenic episodes, which I feel like that's a that's a trend. Mm-hmm. I feel like every other murderer we talk about, schizophrenia. They all have head issues. They all what, got something going on. They all on. got some kind of issue going on. So his psychiatrist noted that he had an infantile personality and was obsessed with getting back at people who wronged him. So he was just stuck in a big man baby. Yeah, pretty much. Big man baby who did the opposite of peak in high school. Absolutely. In 1967, he moved to Anchorage, Alaska with his second wife, Darla Marie Hendrickson Hansen. We love that name, Darla. I like the name Darla. Anyway. Uh, so he married Darla in 1963. The couple had two children, and Darla stood by her man anytime he had skirmishes with the laws. So she was very much... She was like trying to be a good, loyal wife. She was doing her best. Mm-mm. So while they lived in Anchorage, he was well-liked by his neighbors and set several local hunting records, and he also opened a small bakery. And people looked past his flaws, mostly because they bought into that happy baker with a little family facade. Because so, he made good bread. Probably. Yeah, because I mean, most bakers that you, you run into are kind of happy people. More cheerful. See, I don't know. I guess so. I don't know bakers. I mean, I bake. But that's it. It's like the movie uh, stereotype. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like that cliche, like jolly. And we have person. that one bakery in town. I'll go in there every so often. They always seem really happy. They're so like a happy old couple. Yeah, sweet. That we know of. That we know of. They could be murderers. They could be also butcher bakers. They could. We don't know. We don't know. I hope not. I hope not. I love a good cinnamon roll. Don't ruin that for me. Right. <laughs> In December of 1971, uh, he was arrested twice, first for abducting and attempting to rape an unidentified housewife, and again for raping a sex worker. The first rape, he pleaded no no contest, which if you don't know what that means, he would not admit guilt, but acknowledge that the prosecution has enough evidence to prove that he committed the crime. So he was like, maybe. He's like, maybe if you can prove it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Jeez. And the charges for the sex worker were dropped as part of a plea bargain. So this man, he just keeps doing these things and he gets away with it. He just... That's also a common theme with a lot of our people. That's true. Mm-hmm. I never found anywhere if he was like a smooth talker or not. So may, I don't know if he's like talking his way out of these things. Well, considering he was uh, described as infantile, I'm going to go with... He cried until he yeah. got his way. 
He's like, you're not going to go home with me. Me. Wah. So Hansen was sentenced to five years in prison. However, after serving six months, he was placed on work release and placed in a halfway house. In 1976, he pleaded guilty to larceny after he was caught trying to steal a chainsaw from a local store called Fred Meyer. And he was sentenced to five years in prison and was required to receive psychiatric treatment for his bipolar disorder. This time, the Alaska Supreme Court reduced his sentence and he was released with time served. Just getting away with it. You guys, he has multiple things. Multiple arrests. All the things that he's done. And his wife is just supporting this. Yeah, but like, there, it's not like, oh, it's your first time offense. Well, like, you know, it's like, give you a little slack. No. no. It's over and over and over. There is no slack to be given. So. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. So now that you have a good idea of how this man's brain works, let's get into the blood and guts of it all. Mm. Hansen's MO was to pick up sex workers in his car, force them at gunpoint into his home, where he would then rape them. He would then fly them out to a secluded area and hunt them as if they were wild game before shooting or stabbing them. It's some pretty fucked up shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hansen is known to have raped and assaulted over 30 women and have murdered at least 17 raging, at least 17 ranging in age from 16 to 41. Oh my god. It's speculated that he killed at least 21 people. Of the women who were murdered, he was only charged with the murders of four women plus kidnapping of one. So, he... Once again, got away with most of it. That's sickening. Hansen's first believed murder was that of Celia Beth Van Zanten, who was 18 years old. It was December 22nd, 1971, when she left her house to go to the Bilo supermarket, but she never made it. Her disappearance was reported two days later, and on December 25th, 1971, her body was discovered in... Chugosh State Park excuse me if I pronounced that wrong because I am not a native Alaskan and Alaskan things are weird they're hard to pronounce they are they're not uh they don't come natural to us absolutely not I'm very white yes so the Chugosh State Park was close to uh Anchorage her chest had been sliced with a knife and she had been bound and subjected to sexual assault. While she was still alive, she had been dumped into a ravine and passed away due to exposure to the elements. Oh, man. So, according to forensic evidence, she tried to climb back up the slope but wasn't able to due to her bindings. So, she just, she tried. He just tormented her and left her there to die. Yes. And she couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. And I don't know if it gets, I know it gets cold in Alaska. I don't know yeah. if it's like the desert where like it gets real cold at night, but real hot during the day. I don't know much about Alaska. I would just assume it's cold during the day. And then and at night, extra it's like, cold at, at night. night, it's probably like freezing. Like that episode of SpongeBob where you have darkness and then you <laughs> go down and you have like extreme darkness. Extreme darkness. It's just cold and then like really, really, really cold. I think they say in the episode it's advanced darkness. So you have advanced cold. <laughs> I could see that. Now, the murder of Celia was only speculated to be the work of Hansen because of an X on his aircraft map. That was the location that she was dumped, but he denies responsibility for that murder. But we, we know. It's like, dude, 
I'm just, assuming at that point he had been caught, and they already knew he did other things. Yeah. Just fess up if just he did it. Just fess up to it. Like, you have her location marked on your map. Yeah. Like, you're going away for a long time if you do all the, these things, I would hope. He was already... So, he, like, he got caught. He the got, jig is up. Yeah. So, Sick. in 1980, Alaska State Troopers had been investigating the, the discovery of several bodies around Anchorage, Seward, and the Manasuka-Sunisa Valley area. The first bodies were found by construction workers near Akalinta Road. This body was named Alkamuta Annie, who had never been identified. Mm. Later that year, the body of Joanna Mesa was discovered. I'm sorry, the body of Joanna Messina was discovered in a gravel pit near Seward. And in 1982, the remains of Sherry Morrow were discovered in a shallow grave near the Nick River. Investigators believe that all these bodies were murdered by the same perpetrator. So they were just finding bodies left and right. Oh my gosh. To no. think that he could get away with that for a while. He got away with quite a bit, like... It's a lot of women that he took down. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. But who we're going to focus on today? She is our awesome queen. Our badass. Our of badass of the day. Yay! We love a badass queen. Our badass is named Cindy Paulson. She was 19. Okay. She was the one that got away. It was June 13th, 1983 in Anchorage, Alaska, obviously. I don't know why I keep having to say it. We're, we're in Alaska, y'all. We're in Alaska, in case you haven't noticed by our uh, poorly pronounced words. <laughs> and the fact that I keep saying we're in Alaska. <laughs> Cindy, who was a sex worker, agreed to be paid $200 for oral sex, and then she was kidnapped. Hansen pulled out a 357 Magnum on her, and she was taken to his home in Muldoon, where she was bound, tortured, and sexually assaulted. She told police that Hansen chained her by the neck to a post in the basement while he took on a took a nap on a couch nearby. So you gotta get them Z's. I want to know where his. Mm -hmm. were I don't, they, I don't were know they in the why. Basement? I don't know why I wanted to say. I, I wonder where her, his wife and kids are. As if I didn't do this research and I know <laughs> where his wife and kids are. <laughs> I don't know, Casey. Wow. Where are they? <laughs> well, now that you're asking, where are they? <laughs> you may be wondering. Where were his wife and kids during this time? I know I for certain was there for a second, as if I didn't do this. They had gone to Arkansas, where Darla's family were, was living during this time, to go have a family reunion. So okay. it just left him up to his own vices. That's what happens when you don't supervise Robert. Yes. So, with his wife and kids out of the way, he's got... Free rain, baby. Rain. So he had taken Sydney out to Merrillfield Airport where he had an airplane. So he had her chained to the post in the basement and he was like, you know what? I'm done having you chained here. I'm done with my little nappy nap. Let's go out to the airport. I'm well rested. I'm ready to go fly this plane. You gotta be rested to fly a plane. That is probably very true. He told her he was going to take her out to his cabin in the woods, which was only accessible by boat or plane. Hansen messed up because he had left her alone in his car while he was loading the plane, and he threatened her 
that he would kill her if she ran away. So he just, he was like, all right, man, I'm going to leave you here for a minute. You run, I'm going to shoot you. Bang, bang. Well, she didn't care about that threat. And she's thinking, honey, if I get on that plane, we're bang, you know, I'm bang, banging anyway, so. Right. Just going to skedaddle. So I'm s- hoping. <laughs> <laughs> so Cindy ran away towards a road called Fifth Avenue where she was picked up by a passing driver named Robert Yaunt. So we're going to just call him by his last name because we don't mm-hmm. want to mix him up with the other Robert. Okay. So Yaunt took Cindy to the Mush Inn where she ran inside and pleaded with the clerk to phone her boyfriend who worked at the Big Timber Motel. Cindy called a cab and went to the Big Timber Motel. Yaunt continued the work and shortly after he called the police. So he just he waited to get the work to call the police. He was at a hotel where he could have used the phone, but he was like, "No, nah, I'm going to get the work first and then I'll call." <laughs> Which I don't get. Whatever. Around the same time, a security guard at Merrill Field noticed some suspicious activity and made note of the license plates on Hanson's car. During the police interview, Cindy told police that she had left her blue sneakers on the passenger side floor of the back seat of Hanson's sedan as evidence. The police, however, did not buy it. They didn't believe her? They didn't believe her because she was a sex worker. And they were like, you're probably just trying to frame this man. He's got a good standing with our community. He's a nice little baker. You're trying to frame this nice little baking man who picked up a sex worker? You're trying to frame him? You're trying to frame this man who's been charged of rape and abduction of other people? How dare you? How dare you? So the officers thought that Cindy was just trying to cause trouble for Hanson because he would not pay her extortion demands. Regardless of his prior run-ins with the law, his meek demeanor, humble occupation as a baker, and an alibi from his friend John Henning kept him from being considered as a serious suspect. The Alaska State Police contacted the FBI and requested help to create an offender. Alaska State Police contacted the FBI and requested help to create an offender profile based on the three bodies that they had discovered in 1980. They concluded that the killer would have to be an experienced hunter with low self-esteem and a history of being rejected by women, and would felt compelled to keep souvenirs of his murder, such as jewelry. Wow. They nailed oh, that one on the head. They really they really went for him. They just went full on criminal minds. Nailed it. Nailed it. Like just like the show. It was also suggested that the killer would possibly have a stutter. Hansen wow. fit this profile perfectly and he owned an airplane. So just it all like, comes full like, circle. Why here. aren't you arresting him? Right. <laughs> So, supported by Cindy's testimony and the FBI profile, the Alaskan State Police secured a warrant to search Hansen's planes, vehicles, and homes. On October 27, 1983, investigators uncovered jewelry belonging to some of the missing women, as well as an array of firearms in a corner of Hansen's attic. Also discovered was an aeronautical chart with 37 little X's hidden behind his headboard. So, he had this map behind Mm -hmm. his bed so he would have to pull his bed out to put his little x's on there can you imagine if your husband had that just like chilling behind your bed that you slept on every night i'm so glad that scott and i do not have a headboard on our bed (laughs) you're like i can see all that shit i would i would 
go behind there and I would look real quick, be like, what's back there? You're gonna go home when we're done and be like, let me just let me just look back here, make sure there's no no map. Yeah. No X's. I'm gonna go and open all of his closets when I get home and he's gonna be like, What are you doing? I'm like, just making sure. Just, just keep it to yourself. It's alright. <laughs> so on his aeronautical chart with his thirty seven little X's marked on it many of the exits match sites where bodies had been previously found and other bodies were later located based on the markings on the map when confronted with evidence found in his home hansen denied it he was like i don't know about y'all but that wasn't me like i know i know guys i got a plane and i know like i have this this map where my plane can go to and i know i got x's on that map and there might be bodies on from that spot but it wasn't me. But I don't, I don't know nothing. Like that, that Shaggy song. It, it wasn't me. But you caught you on the counter. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. We caught your little red map. It, it wasn't, wasn't me. me. <laughs> he eventually began to blame the woman and tried to justify his actions. Eventually, he confessed to each item of evidence as it was presented to him, and he admitted uh, to a spree of attacks against Alaskan women starting as early as 1971. His earliest victims were girls and young women between 16 and 19 and not sex workers. Just girls that he found. Yeah, just girls on the street. He was like, you know what? They look like they can use some trauma. And he struck. Once arrested, Hansen was charged with assault, kidnapping, multiple weapons offenses, and insurance fraud. The insurance fraud was related to a claim filed against... Filed about the alleged theft of some trophies he had. He claimed he later retrieved the trophies, however, forgot to inform the insurer. He had used the money from the insurance fraud scheme to open his bakery. So, even his bakery was, like, corrupt. Corrupted, yeah. I bet his cinnamon rolls weren't even that good. Probably not. I'm gonna go and say they weren't. They didn't have enough icing on them, probably. Not redeeming enough to get him away with crimes, I'll put it that way. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Hansen entered into a plea bargain after ballistics tests. Ballistics? Hmm. You know what I'm trying to say. The ballistics. The ballistics. Was was that you? That's like me trying to say penitentiary. You gotta get me on a good day. <laughs> you gotta get me on a good day. <laughs> I'll say it right, maybe. What matters is I know how to type it. I can spell it. I can't pronounce it, though. I'm really glad that on a podcast of audio, <laughs> you, you can write it. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. It's like rural. After ballistics tests returned a match between bullets found at the crime scene and Hansen's rifle, he pleaded guilty to four homicides the police had evidence for. He also provided details about his other victims in return for serving his sentence in a federal prison, along with no publicity from the press. So he was like, I'll tell you more if you do me a favor, which is gross. I know I did all these horrific things, but if you could do me a solid. Another condition of his bargain was his participation in deciphering the markings on his map and helping locate the other victims' bodies. He assisted in locating 17 grave sites in and around south-central Alaska. There were marks on his maps that he refused to give information up on. So he was like, I'll, I'll give you these 17. But these ones right here, those ones, nah. I wonder if they were like his favorites. Like he didn't want them bothered. Maybe. He's just... 
Which is gross. Yeah. But, you know, he's a gross human. He is a gross human. So Hansen was sentenced to 461 years in prison without the possibility of parole. He was first imprisoned at the U.S. Penitentiary Lewisburg in, in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. In 1988, he was returned to Alaska and was incarcerated at Lemon Creek Correctional Center in Juneau, and he was also imprisoned at Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seward until May 2014 when he was transferred to the Anchorage Correctional Complex for health reasons. On August 21, 2014, Hansen died at the age of 75 at Alaska Regional Hospital in Anchorage due to natural causes. Oh, At least he's dead now. He did. Did he get life in prison? Mm-hmm. He got okay. 461 years. 461 years. Okay, I couldn't remember. Well, that wasn't fun. It never <laughs> is. Well, I'm glad he got caught. Me too. And got time. I'm glad that died. Cindy got out there and got her story out and was able to yeah, eventually... Yeah, Cindy. Yeah. Too bad she wasn't believed at first, but... I feel like that's, that's a like, norm. That's a common thing, yeah. which is so enraging. I don't know if you guys could hear me unsticking my thighs from the chair. It's that time of year. It's short, sticky, shorts and sticky seat season. Absolutely. Thick thigh life for life, Thick thigh baby. life. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week with another case. Yeah, thanks for hanging in there with us. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We do. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.